Hey mamas, thanks so much for joining us. We're excited to have you as part of the Momversation. My name is Dana and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Kayla, Sam, Shay, and Christine. We can't wait to hear your take on things on this really, really, really important topic today. Um, today's episode is all about mom's mental health and wellness. This is something that in our group, in, in the times when we all meet, we talk about all, all the time. And it's, it's unbelievably, unimaginably important. And because of that reason, um, we're, actually, we're, we're actually gonna go a little bit longer with this conversation because we really feel like it's an important space to be covered well. Um, to help us navigate the subject, we have two experts in the field. Elisa Mott-Jones um, for eating disorders and body image, uh, covering that aspect of, of a mom's mental being. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, and then we have Jamie Sousa as well, covering the full spectrum of postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and kind of overall health and, and, and mom mental, mental wellness. Um, we're so glad that you guys could join us. Thank you so much. And for everyone at home who's listening, thank you so much for tuning in. We know you wouldn't want to miss this Mom's Night In. Um, so, Elisa, let's start with you. Let, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the field and, and kind of what your background is? Sure. So I have a master's and specialist degree in mental health counseling. I'm a nationally certified counselor and a registered yoga instructor. Um, so I actually got certified in yoga in 2005, and I grew up um, with a mom who had specialized in eating disorders and body image as well. So that was always very kind of prevalent in my home in terms of being in touch with the body, aware of the body, aware of food. She would always mute commercials. She bought me a every size Barbie doll when I was four. So that was kind of always um, intrinsic with me growing up. And when I started teaching yoga, just I had a passion for yoga. I loved it and I loved teaching. I realized, hey, this yoga and this mental health and this eating disorder and this body image thing kind of all go together. Um, and just learning more and more about basically somatic body-based disorders and essentially psychological issues kind of showing up within the body. And so I really work integrative and somatic um, That's amazing. with my clients. That's amazing. And Jean, what about you? How did you get started in all of this and, and what, what is a little bit about your background? Sure. Hey everybody, um, my name is Jamie. I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I'm also a certified therapeutic recreation specialist or a recreation therapist. I'm also a yoga instructor. I'm certified in EMDR, which is a, um, a very specific type of therapy for trauma and PTSD. Um, I actually started working as a camp counselor with kids with disabilities. And just so happened that I, uh, you know, my first job out of undergrad was working in patient psych, kind of out of convenience, the only job I could find for a rec therapist in the small town I was in. Um, and then uh, I kind of, that, and that was working with the military, so I transitioned into an inpatient substance abuse program wow. for active duty, active duty military. And from there, I just kind of kept rolling in active um, substance use in different agencies and, uh, and kind of continued on to get more specialized in trauma. You know, talking about your, your background, my history, um, you know, I came from a very traumatic childhood, also dealt with a lot of people in my family with substance use and addiction, experienced my own addictions and eating disorder myself became a mom, found that all my stuff became more amplified as a mom of when course. I became a parent. Um, so, you know, working on my own mental health has been something that's been really important to me as a therapist. Um, 
So yeah, so anyway, that's all about me. That's amazing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think, um, um, I think this is such, this really is um, a topic that hits extremely close to home um, for me. I think what we'll find as we, as we go around the table today, um, this is one of our, our heavier topics, but I think, man, it's something that I think that helps. Heavy but helpful, but man, it is something that we need to talk about more. We need to be um, very much like a few of the other heavy topics, the taboo topics in the mom world. This is one of those that just doesn't get enough attention. Um, we we have this image that we're just supposed to birth babies and be totally dandy and raise our kids, and it's just supposed to be hunky dory and yay us. Yeah, and your life doesn't change, and you don't change, and. Nothing about you changes, yeah, change. and your body doesn't change. No, you have a six pack after. Yeah, right. You'll bounce right back. It's my favorite. Um, <laughs> but you know, um, we'll we'll learn. In you know, if you've been listening, you know a little bit about my journey and what brought me here. But I, man, I I can totally um, postpartum anxiety has really mm -hmm. changed my entire world. Um, and for me, you know, one thing that I was really shocked about, did anybody else know that anxiety before postpartum was a thing? Because yeah. <laughs> before I had it, I for sure did not know. And I'm not just talking about like general anxiety like as a person. I never had anxiety before I was pregnant. So um, I, I too struggled with eating disorders when I was younger um, and kind of overcame it and became a kind of more accepting person of myself. and. Um, and thought that I was, I kind of beaten that battle. And the, 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 the pregnancy world threw me for a loop, kicked mm -hmm. me on my rear, and just totally turned my world upside down. And I think um, in some ways, you know, I'm thankful for it because I think it's really part of the genesis that brought me here. Um, but I think that one thing that we've talked about so many times with all of the moms, we, we call, I'd like to, to title this episode, if I may, The Baggage Drop, because I, we've done that in our, in our own space, privately in the group, and, and man, there's so much that people feel judged by, and they feel that they can't talk about, and when they're doing it anonymously, and they, they really, um, for our listeners who may not know, a baggage drop that we do is basically um, taking a piece of mom whatever your version of mom shame is, um, whether it be personal about you as a person, you as a mom, or you towards your child, something that you struggle with on the guilty front. Mm -hmm. And taking that and crumpling up, writing a two-sentence thing about it, crumpling it up into a ball, putting it in a bag, and letting, anonymously, and letting somebody else going around reading your story. And what we found over and over again was everyone was like, man, I've been in that place too. Um, and that was really powerful, I think, to see it on a, not just a two, three people scale, but on a 20 to 30 person scale was something really eye-opening. Um, I, I know that this can be a tough subject to talk about. What is some ways that you get, you encourage women in this circumstance to kind of come forward and open up and, and, avoid, and have their voices heard? Well, I think like anything, no real change is going to happen until someone's actually ready. So I don't know that it's necessarily our job to draw someone out, per se, right. um, but to make those spaces available when someone is ready. Um, so I often get you know, Facebook messages mm -hmm. that 
what I'm finding is maybe someone will post asking for someone who works with eating disorders or anxiety or trauma, and I'll get a response not from the poster, but someone who's reading the comments. Right. Right. Um, and so they're realizing that same effect of, wow, that person's going through what I'm going through, and maybe I'm not alone, and maybe there is someone out there that I can talk to. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just sort of exposing people to what we do, how we do it, that we're here for them. Um, but I don't know that you can necessarily make someone, obviously, no. but providing safe spaces. And no. what I am finding more and more is something just to kind of piggyback on what you said. I see typically moms who are 30, 40, maybe 50, maybe grandmas who are 60, who say things like, I had an eating disorder, I sort of outgrew it, but now I'm finding that I'm dealing with this and I'm dealing with this and right. I'm dealing with this. And what really happened is they actually never recovered from right. their eating disorder and it's showing up as a workaholic or it's showing up as a helicopter mom or it's, it's showing up in as these other way. things. But the manifestation is coming out, but there's never real, really been healing and recovered. And that's yeah. kind of a big discussion in the field of eating disorders. Are you mm -hmm. in recovery or are you recovered? Um, which is something that distinguishes it from substance abuse mm -hmm. treatment, that yeah. I personally believe you can be recovered from an eating disorder. Um, and if you aren't really getting true treatment and you just sort of outgrow it, maybe you're not binging anymore, you're not purging right. anymore, you're not um, you know, having behaviors, but it's still living inside of you. Yeah, for sure. I, d I definitely was in that space for a long time. I lived there until I sought professional health. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there was any way I, I, I had trouble getting dressed in the morning because I couldn't I couldn't face the monster in the mirror. Sure. And that was really, really hard, you know, and I was young, I was way before motherhood. It was mm -hmm. I was in my twenties, yeah. early twenties and uh, just in college and, and really having a hard time I would have just massive issues just going through the grocery store, mm -hmm. just going mm -hmm. going leaving the house to go out with friends because they all looked normal and I didn't. And, and to me, you know, like I said, I think the monster lives in your head, and I, I think that that's something that's super powerful. Mm -hmm. um, you know, during this episode, I really want to hear individual stories. We, we really, we've talked about our personal stories, we've talked a little bit, you know, on all of our topics about how we feel, and we've talked a lot about how there's not one right way to be, but it's your right way to be. But this time I'd like to delve a little deeper, and I'd like to talk to everybody about, you know, their connection to this space and how maybe by talking about this a little bit more freely that we can get that person who might mm -hmm. not like you were saying Lisa that might not be ready but maybe scanning the posts mm -hmm. so to speak mm -hmm. um, maybe make them feel a little bit more comfortable to, to know that they're not alone um, and 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 you know that's it's in our mission statement something that we feel really strongly about is the people ask me all the time well what does your nonprofit do well, do you guys like just hang out? And I would, I tell everyone that in our mission statement is it's a hundred percent in our official capacity. It states, um, and it's kind of something that I've come to live by. We are a safe haven. We are and always hope to be a safe haven for anyone with a family looking for a place to be found. Mm -hmm. And I think that this space is the the reason why people are looking for that, even if they don't know sometimes that they're looking for that. I think that's something sure. so powerful because a lot of a lot of the 
being a mom and, and kind of traversing through life is feeling isolated. Mm -hmm. um, does anybody have a, a story that they can connect with, uh, Christine? So my um, postpartum depression started uh, when my daughter was two months. Um, they, well, when she was born, really, um, they couldn't get my blood pressure under control. Mm -hmm. So it was in and out of the doctor's office, and I didn't feel comfortable driving by myself with a newborn, so I brought my mom along with me everywhere we went. <coughs> kind of still do that. Um, <laughs> so uh, December 7th, I um, actually woke up with excruciating pain and actually had to have my gallbladder taken out. Mm -hmm. So that um, led to me not being able to hold um, my daughter while walking or bending down or anything. And so I felt like I lost that just a week of um, connection with her. Mm -hmm. And I felt just like after that, it just went, I went downhill. I, I would look at her and just start crying. Um, I would look at my husband and just start crying. And I still haven't taken the leap to seek professional help. Mm -hmm. um, Why? Because I'm not really one to open up. I mean, I'm opening up now. Um, <laughs> but, like, I'm not I'm one to, job. you know, sit sit on a comfy couch and, and mm -hmm. you know, lay out my feelings to someone. That's mm -hmm. not me. Never was me. Never probably will be me. But um, I want everybody to realize that they're not alone. Like, it's... Well, and I think the only way to, to really know that is it's not even necessarily <clears throat> to find a comfy couch, but maybe to find a comfy couch with friends. Yeah. 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 I wanted to speak to that, that first question where you said, how can we um, you know, encourage people or how can we get people to talk? And back to what Lisa was saying about, you know, we really have to make space for these issues and we have to put them right up there as just as important as the other issues. Like, you know, when I walk through the door and I'm, I'm watching everyone talk about their kids and asking questions and what can I do about this and that and everyone is so involved and engaged about, you know, how can I take care of my kids? We have to put ourselves not not even in front of that, but right beside it. Right. How do I you take know? care of me? At the same time. Because right. I hear so often, you know, therapists or people are encouraging, you have to put yourself first. And for moms, that's a hard thing to do. For sure. Yeah. Right? Because we have kids and these kids rely on us. And I think ten times out of ten, we're gonna put our kids first. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Oh yeah. And so I was really lucky enough to to work with an older female therapist who, who kind of mentored me. And um, this was right when I had my daughter, and she told me, you know, if we don't, if you don't listen to that little girl in you that's screaming, that wants attention, she's gonna get in the way of your relationship with your kid. Right. And mm. so you have to hold her hand and take her to the playground at the same time that you take your kid, your so real kid, you know, yeah. the one that's, that you just birthed to the, to the playground. Yeah. And that stuck with me. That made so much sense. We, we talk about something really often with, we get a comment a lot in our group that, oh, well, I'm going to join. I'm really excited to join when my baby is of playing age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, for everyone who is listening, the group is, yes, it's for children. We all have children. We all love our children. We all want our children to play. But the group is for you. Mm -hmm. The group is, mm -hmm. is for everyone sitting at a table that has come together without our children that still has this unimaginable bond over this one thing that all of us share. And it turns out that it's not just kids that are the bond that we share, but all the things that go with it. And I think that's such a powerful idea that we all have this, these, all of these things. I mean, we just had a pregnant first time mom that like, she's yeah. getting in on all of yeah. these things. Like, come hang out with us, come talk to us. Like, yeah. You know, maybe you don't have to go through some of the things we went through. I know if I had, if I had something like this, I, I it's part of the reason I started the group, uh, Sam. Well, just kind of to piggyback off on you and like putting yourself out there, I, I feel like I've told my story a hundred times, but I, 
moved Did here I? like five months ago. Well, no, almost six. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You're Floridian. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're a native. <laughs> um, and I just like for myself, I've always like found it that I have to advocate. Or I have to put out what I need. I'm a social person, so moving here, I was terrified, but I said mm -hmm. I couldn't just like go and be in my apartment with my one-year-old, you know, mm -hmm. and be all alone. And like, that was the same thing, like I had a big fear when I was pregnant that I was going to die. Someone told me that, and then it really just oh. stuck with me, you know, like that was their yeah. fear. Mm -hmm. And so I like held it in, held it in, and then I called my mom one day and like cried to her, and I was like, oh my god, I feel so much better. I don't yeah. feel like I'm going to die anymore. Mm -hmm. But like, just kind of like that, like... But it is, yeah. to be fair, and I, I think that's important to say, either maybe you don't have that mother figure, maybe yeah. whatever, maybe that's just, I, I know for me, I had an amazing support system, but it just wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. I had been yeah. through so much, and that I just couldn't relate to anyone else that wasn't saying me too in this moment. Mm -hmm. yeah. That wasn't saying that I've been exactly where you are, when you are, right mm. now. Yeah. And that was really hard for me. And I think that it's, but it's important, it's important to always find that person. Would beat your mom, beat your friend, beat somebody. Yeah. But so when I moved here, then I was like, well, I, I would like, I'm around everybody all the time. I'm big family, lots of friends. You know, I was working full time before. So I knew I would lose myself if I didn't find people. So literally two days after I moved here, I jumped on a train <laughs> and met these wonderful people and we became friends. And you know, like that's, people are nervous to come out and yes, it is intimidating to not know a single person and to go to Fort Lauderdale, like, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> to, to get on that train, but, yeah, I mean, I was talking to my, again, my mom, I talked to her a lot, and we were talking a couple of days ago, and she was like, imagine if you wouldn't have done that. What would you be doing right now? Right. She's like, you'd be in your apartment alone and not very happy. Mm -hmm. I can't so, imagine what my life would have looked like, yeah. not for the group. Right. They're not, like, these people are, are awesome and a support system, and everybody's kind of in the same boat. Do it together. See, I can't imagine what it looks like because I've actually done it before. I've done the social isolation, the mm -hmm. staying at home, the, well, she's got her nap schedule, so we have to follow that, and the, well, I'm breastfeeding, and my other friends aren't, so I don't want to make them feel weird, and the, my child doesn't like to go in the car, so I can't drive very far to go and see them. I did it with my first, mm -hmm. and it, uh, it caused a lot of issues in my marriage, in my relationship to my child, in my relationship to myself as a mother and as a human. Um, it was very debilitating. I went on medication because I was so incredibly lost. lost. It was awful. Yeah, I think that's the word that resonates with me, is lost. I and then I, I got pregnant with my second and I made I made a commitment to myself, and I think that's what everybody needs to do when they get into these situations is make a commitment to yourself. And I told, told myself I was getting ready to move back down to Florida, and I said, this time I'm going to make friends. Mm -hmm. And I was on the phone with my sister in the parking lot at the mall <laughs> asking her to please give me a pep talk to get my tush inside that mall and go for a walk with a bunch of people that I did not know after not speaking to adults for about four and a half, five years. I was terrified. And I did it. And I, I, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I made that decision. Yeah. It, it, I think, um, you know, like I said, this this topic, no matter how many times you talked about Sam, that you told your story a bunch, I, I feel like, and it's amazing, you'd think, 
I've told my story to so many people now, mm -hmm. and I've been much more open about it because of the fact that I've seen the impact that it can have when somebody somebody's eyes light up, and you see this this kind of awareness that wow, you like crazy. Yeah, but yeah, but then they see this 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 bond, this camaraderie, mm -hmm. this this thing, this connection that you share, and they're like, whoa, you you too? Mm -hmm. I'm not the only one? Mm -hmm. And I think the more we as moms, as women, as, as individuals, and the more that we talk about this stuff and make it okay to talk about, it becomes so much easier to mm -hmm. cope with, you mm -hmm. know? I very much, like Christine was saying, you know, I had two miscarriages. I had, got pregnant with my son. I was in pieces. Mm -hmm. I was, like Sam said, every little piece of what everyone is saying kind of resonates in a different way with each person, right? Mm -hmm. So what you said, Christine, about that, and then when you said, Sam, about, you know, thinking you were going to die every day of my pregnancy mm -hmm. while everybody else is celebrating their glorious I've been waiting my whole life to have kids I every day I cried of my pregnancy every single day I thought my baby was gonna die mm -hmm. every day and then I'm thinking well when 12 weeks comes along I'm for sure gonna feel better because it's gonna be all right right false false <laughs> And then when, it, well, when I hit 20 weeks, and I know the gender, then I'm going to feel okay. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, no. 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 Then when I hit, like, 36, I made it to full term. You mm -hmm. feel fine, right? No. Then the baby's born. It's going to be a magical halo of glowing song. <laughs> and you're going to magically love this glowing baby that's coming out your hoo-ha. And you're like, yay! <laughs> and it's so not like that mm -hmm. for everyone. Mm -hmm. Some people it is. I know Kayla very much talked about that instant bond and that experience, but <clears throat> for some people it isn't. And I looked at my kid for the first, God, three months of life and I was like, am I babysitting? Mm -hmm. Who mm -hmm. is this? And it, I think that, you know, it becomes so much more important um, when you're in that space to, to have a, a basis of people who can can help you out of that hole. I was just going to add to what you said too about you know finding whether it's a helping professional or a friend or a mom group or some kind of network, but also knowing that therapy isn't just laying on the couch, right? Mm -hmm. There are plenty of therapists, myself included, I'm sure you mm -hmm. too, that go on walks, that meet at parks. That, yeah, I don't, I've never, I've yeah, never so that's why I wanted to address that, right? <laughs> that there's so, it can look so many different ways. Yeah. Oh, so many therapists now work virtually because we're working with moms and I've had plenty of Zoom calls where baby's sitting in their lap, right? Mm -hmm. I see moms ask me all the time, well, I can't meet with you because I have my kids with me. Bring your kids. Mm -hmm. right. They're a part yeah. of your life and they're probably a part of the quote unquote problem. Mm -hmm. So let's all be together, yeah. right? So For I sure. have moms and their kids and I always say um, the office itself isn't, there are tons of toys. I'm not a play therapist, but we'll find a way to integrate your kids and we'll make it real life. Well, and also I think that's important, but I also think on the other side of things that it's also equally okay to come without your sure, children. Sure, absolutely. But if you, it's a prevention, if it's an obstacle, right, for sure. And I always say, like, let's just try to meet one time and at least so that we can sit mm -hmm. face to face and your kiddo's there too. And then next time, maybe you come along. For sure. Yeah, right? to break that, that first, like, just to give break me that ice. push. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you can keep pushing it off. Like, and I don't want to be alone exactly. as this little person. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Kayla. So I don't really know that mine was technically post.
postpartum depression more than like I felt completely isolated. Like mm-hmm. we moved here two years before. Yeah, I kind of have like work friends from when I was working, but I quit working after, you know, I had my baby and we sat at home and, you know, we play on the floor and we do this, but it was like, oh my goodness, I can't go an entire day without talking to a human. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel so taller than four feet. So much of this baby talk thing. Like, right. And, and then that's a hard pull to swallow too, because you feel like, and, and I don't know if, if, if any of you guys feel this way, but like, it took me a long time to have kids. So it took me two years plus to have children. And to this day, I still struggle with infertility issues. And I feel like, so that's, that's a really hard pull to swallow when you've been wanting this one yeah. thing for so long. And the one thing that you finally got what you wanted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. brings some, some challenges as well mm-hmm. as gifts. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's really hard to try to face that, that it's not every single thing that you ever wanted it to be <clears throat> or that it's everything you wanted it to be, but it's also some things that you didn't want it to be. Yeah. Trying and isolating, but it's also beautiful. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Except the Nikes. The Nikes never beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to touch on a couple of things that have come up. So, Christine, you had mentioned you had your baby and you felt, you know, there was that period of time where you couldn't connect. I can't tell you, and and you're kind of bringing that same issue up just in different ways. Like when you're talking about isolation and feeling alone, and like I'm the only person going through this. I get calls from women a lot who tell me basically they're having the same issue. They're just wording it in different ways. Mm -hmm. 100%. And and I'm I'm explaining, okay, what you're talking about is feeling disconnected. Right. And that's not, you're not alone in that, Mm -hmm. you know? And we can create space like this where we bring people together and we can talk about those issues. And... We're, we're essentially connecting you with each other and helping you connect with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's really the solution for a lot of different issues. Yeah. Like when, we, when, I'm, when I'm working with people that have addiction issues, that's yeah. the ultimate solution. Connection to higher power, mm-hmm. connection to yourself, connection to a community, Right, it's connection. Mm-hmm. We bond over struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, so often I think we're taught that struggle is bad. We should we should always be happy. That that's not. It shouldn't be a part of life. It is a part of life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's essentially it the thing a, that brings us together. Yeah, it can also mm-hmm. be a fuel. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that so many people look at you know I, I remember this. Uh, there's two quotes that have become so important in my life. Um, it's a photography quote, and it has a picture of a camera, and it says, "Life is like photography. We use the negatives to develop." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which really, man, do I relate to that because. I don't know if I would be where I am right now if not for the things that happened to me. I mean, Christine, you talked about not being able to pick up your baby. You know, I, I really resonate with that. Like, I, that really speaks to me. I, I, at five months, I had cancer, and I, I, had a, I, had a, I had surgery, and I couldn't pick up my baby for a month. And I was already struggling with so much anxiety and already struggling with that disconnection feeling. And then you can't have that physical touch. So now you feel like you're failing all over the place. Right. You know, like, right. mm-hmm. Exactly. And I had to have... You know, I had to have my mom come in. I had to wait, my husband had to wait for my mom to get there, and because I couldn't do anything, I felt mm-hmm. so helpless. I was stuck in the bed, just mm-hmm. the, like just sitting there. And mm-hmm. then when the days that my mom couldn't come, my mother-in-law came. Like I'm so grateful that they live in Florida, mm-hmm. live near us, and and I'm not one to ask for help. Right. And I think that's very important 
to ask for help. Yeah. Um, I'm a therapist. It took me two years to yeah. figure it out, right? Yeah. I'm like, man, I feel weird. Yeah. I feel like something's missing. <clears throat> and I finally had a, another therapist tell me, what happened two years ago? Oh, I started working with people on their trauma. She goes, no, what happened two years ago? Right. You became a mom. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay. I finally yeah. discovered. Yeah. It's the mom yeah. blinders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Talk yeah. about in another topic, you know, being being blind to your own, and I think that kind of Sorry. comes into with our self care conversation that we're so hyper focused on this little person and, and making sure that they're okay that we kind of forget if we're okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. right. and, but and even I, the people around us do that. Hi, give me the baby. It's so right. new. Oh well, yeah. You look pretty good. You look pretty good. I don't think always my family has talked to me in five years. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Always, yeah. I always do that one. Yeah. I started right. to feel like I didn't exist. Yeah. yeah. Even my mom would send me send me flowers for my birthday. I love you, Mimi. And I'm like, you're Mimi to my kids. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so true. My I husband and I had that conversation the other day that I was like almost lost myself. Yeah. Yes. yes. Do I have a hobby anymore? Am I anything other than being? these like their mom like yeah. who am I like yeah. I've got this amazing group of friends but like what is my hobby what do I do for exactly. fun right yeah who am I mm -hmm. exactly yeah. like and I think I, yeah and I told my husband I said you know you got you got this this and this and I I, I don't have that I yeah. I have momhood you know I'm mom all day and, and when you get home I want you to dad but what am I gonna do when you know my child goes to bed? Am I gonna adult color? Like I, <laughs> I don't have some of those. They I don't do nice that. <laughs> yeah. Play like an app on your phone it's, it's, now. It's not something that I I did and I'm gonna do. Like I'll catch up on you know five episodes or whatever I'm watching. Oh, but, but that's so relaxing though. Yeah. No, then you, you know. Yeah. 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 She's always watching Grizz. <laughs> I even had to tell my husband we had when we were having our. It sounds like we all have this conversation with our husbands about who am I. I had to tell my husband stop calling me mom. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be called mom. I want my name to be said. Yeah. I am Shay, and I want to hear my name That's, again. It's so important. It's so yeah. important because I think you know, and, and we're 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 not able to cover that in this episode today. But I. We've talked about marriage and family and how people mm -hmm. don't talk about the fact that having children changes your marriage. Oh, yeah. deeply. It changes your life in, in so many different aspects and not just, it changes your body, it changes your mind, it changes your hormones, it changes every ounce of you. And I think, and it also, like you said, Kayla, it changes your hobbies, it changes your interests. I, I don't want to go out and do the things I did before. And that's what I, why I really, when I, when I first started the group, I was like, I just, I had, I had friends that didn't have kids. Mm -hmm. And I was like, listen, I just want somebody else that takes 15 minutes to get out of a car. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, and I want somebody not look at me weird when that happens. Mm -hmm. And, and part of that is just my interests have changed. I, not only will I not go to bed or be out till two in the morning, I actually don't want to. Right. Call mm -hmm. me an old person, call me whatever you want, but that doesn't have any interest to me anymore. Right. I would much rather, and, and that's kind of, you know, we've talked about the, the, the name, Mom's Night In. We've talked about it, and the reason it exists, because a, mom night, a Mom's Night Out is awesome, what about it? Yeah, yeah. It takes a lot of planning. <laughs> <laughs> my, my recreation therapist had on, on for a second for you. Mm -hmm. 
your identity completely changes when you become a mom. And right. that's okay. It's okay not to want to do the same things you did before you have kids. Right. But it's yeah. this whole process of discovery. You know, and let it go. I have to figure out who am I, and I have to let go of who I used to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways. For sure. And that's okay. I'm here to tell you that is fine. Yeah. I was yeah. also thinking, too, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. In the mental health world, we talk about all the time, and particularly if you have a history of trauma, boundaries are mm -hmm. really, really confusing. Using, um, and what they feel very, it feels very uncomfortable to set healthy boundaries, yeah, okay. right? So we can either be enmeshed in you know someone, we can be completely codependent, we can be completely lost mm -hmm. in who we are, and setting healthy boundaries, saying this is who I am and this is okay, or this is where I'm going and I deserve to be going there, or even today, my three-year-old did not want me to leave to come here, right? right. And that's hard; it tugs at your heartstrings, right. and yet this is who I am and it's really important to me, and right. I'll be home soon and we'll do mm -hmm. something special. And I think and and that's sticking to those boundaries crucial con part of the conversation yeah. for just a second you know we have a lot of working moms that are part mm -hmm. of and and not and not just our working moms but like women like us that are sitting around the table mm -hmm. who do this and take time away from their families but we also need an identity and that's mm -hmm. okay absolutely uh, sam well i feel like uh, i think it maybe was a month ago or two months ago or something i like was real kind of crabby and my husband <laughs> literally looked at me and goes when's your next girl's night <laughs> twice a month but it like re-energizes me it gives me a break mm -hmm. of having to change a diaper like cut out someone's food i can eat food hot like anything it doesn't yeah, matter what right. we do but it just is like that's sometimes just the re-energizing that i need it's just maybe be away and like do something kind of right. fun yeah for sure be, be doing something kind of fun and being with what i find comforting about it is not just being away from my my son and to have moments of me but to be away with people who understand that I might talk about it a lot, being mm -hmm. a mom. Or get right? pictures on my phone of her, and I'm like, right. oh. Right. <laughs> exactly. And people who get, but also needing that time just to be not mom, mm -hmm. but a name. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. And you can go out and be a big person for a day, you yeah. know? And I think that is so important. And kind of, once again, that, that mom's night in feeling where we're just going to all, even if it's just getting into jammies, drinking a glass of, of, of tea or, or wine or whatever your choice is and, and talking about things that matter to you on a way that don't relate necessarily to someone else needing of you. I, you know, I, I once, um, I went to Thailand for my honeymoon and I met this, we had this monk chat. It was a really cool experience. And he, what, he said something to me that was really interesting. He said that being selfish is sometimes the most selfless. Because if you give everything you have away, you have nothing left to replenish mm -hmm. with. But if you save some for yourself and some self-care, you then have an endless supply to give away. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, what, what better to describe a mom than exactly that notion? Mm -hmm. uh, and I wanted to add with the self-care is like, um, I'm one to always have my nails done. Like mm -hmm. I always, that's the one thing that I require to do monthly is to, I tell my husband like, look, I'm appointment is at one o'clock Friday like I need you home and, <laughs> and it's important to me and it makes me feel good mm -hmm. and that's, yeah. that's the that's the thing that I think I need to hear do something that makes you feel good mm -hmm. you know yeah. and it's okay yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's okay like I, I don't I, and I did I did feel guilty at first but now I'm like yeah I mean no and I think that a lot of moms feel guilty about wanting to take the time away right. I know I struggled with that in the beginning like am I a bad mom for wanting 
to have me time? Mm -hmm. Is that something that's not that's not right? Like, does that make me a crappy parent? Mm -hmm. No. No, oh. it makes you it makes you a person. Those guys turn into little demons after a while. Six o'clock. You guys missed it, but I said it's six o'clock. I can't parent anymore. Mom all day. Your husband needs home by six. And you're too having a hierarchy of what is what does self care look like, right? right. So yeah. it's easy to say, well, going to the dentist is is important, but getting my nails done isn't, right? right. And so it's like, no, all of those things are right. valuable, particularly if they help me feel like myself. Exactly. And in counseling and therapy world, we talk a lot about the you know the oxygen mask, mm -hmm. and, you know, metaphor, oh, yeah. right? It's like I have to put that oxygen mask on me first before mm -hmm. I can give anything mm -hmm. to right. my kids. And so that's what you're talking right. about with the monk. Um, but whatever that oxygen mask is, if it's getting your nails done, fantastic, and then you yeah. get to be a better mom. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. If you haven't gone to the bathroom, you can't feed your kids. Yeah. 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 That's, that's not true. That's, that's what I was Unless they come with you. Right? Like, we also have to think about self-care. We have to think about, realistically, right. what am I, I going, meal today. What am I going to do, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Is it realistic for me, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, to get my nails done every week? For some people, it isn't. Mm -hmm. But is it realistic for me to shave my legs every week? Yeah. I could probably do that. Right, right? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you build on that. Right. For yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, wash my face, take a shower. Yeah, <laughs> my kids yeah. started doing some yoga with me. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but getting getting them into something that that you're into is also important. And I think, yeah. you know, I there was a lot of um, when I first started the group and it, it started kind of taking a turn to something bigger. I think there was this uh, pressure that you know, not a pressure so much as like a a guilt, I guess, to go along with, you know, wanting to, and Shay and I have talked about this, you know, privately, about wanting something more for yourself other than, and above and beyond just being a mom. Mm -hmm. And not that being a mom is a just ever, because mm -hmm. it's like, for no. me, it's like the biggest, most important thing, but <laughs> there is, it's, it's okay to want more um, and to need more, you know, not just want, not, not, it's not just a want base, you know, to need more beyond that. And I think, um, for me, this is, it's like what Sam was saying about kind of having a release. It makes me a better mom. Mm -hmm. it, to take care of me, and, you know, and one of, um, I think as, I, as the group has grown, one of, we had, you know, somebody close to us that, that's struggling um, and struggles with, with, you know, especially me, with postpartum and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think um, what I have guilt I have guilt about mm -hmm. as a, I feel like a failure, not as a mom, mm -hmm. but as a part of this group, I hope that everyone can find their voice here. And if they can't, we've done something wrong. Like they, mm -hmm. you know, we've missed, we've missed something. But it might feel that way, but I don't know that that's necessarily true at the same time. We might not be the people yeah. they need to open up to. Mm -hmm. Maybe <laughs> this is right. them. Right. You know, maybe, I don't know who it is for them, but mm -hmm. to say that we're feeling, I mean, look at this. Yeah. Look at what we're doing. Yeah. That that thought that I'm a failure thing could have existed way before you yeah. became a mom. Right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I gotta go back and figure out where that started and deal with that. Right. And the other things that, that come later are probably gonna improve as a result of me dealing with that. And that's what I that's what I work on with people when I'm doing trauma therapy. Right. And I can't tell you how many times that I've met someone that will tell me, I don't have any trauma. Yeah. You know, and, and okay, well tell me about your stress. Yeah. You know, usually that's a way that people will go, okay, yeah, I have plenty of stress. Right. I've had plenty of stress in my life, and they'll start telling me about that. 
But even if it's something that you have somehow put into a corner and put into a box and thought to yourself, that wasn't really that important. For sure. Usually it's probably still pretty important. Yeah. And there's some kind of belief attached to it. Like, I'm a failure. I'm a disappointment. There's something wrong with me. I, I could have done better. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. I, and negative self-talk is a big yeah. is a big part of, mm-hmm. of, of life in general. And, and, and more than a mom's life, a woman's life. Mm-hmm. Negative yeah. self-talk kind of prevails. And I think... Right. It's pervasive. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's really the term that I would use. I think, um, you know, I've had this conversation multiple times about how talking to yourself in a positive way makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. And and it can be, and it gets reinforced with, with everyday Absolutely. kind of normal stuff, right? So if that's already there, I'm a failure. I could, you know, bump my toe on the side of a door and instantly my mind goes, oh, yeah, I'm a failure. I'm a klutz. I'm right. Right. Yeah, right. I'm God, right. Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. I, I think, um, so does anybody have anything else to add? I know that we've had some um, really cool stories. And some... I was just going to piggyback on that in terms yeah. of the, we can't save everybody mm-hmm. all for the sure. time. Right? Mm-hmm. So we can create, like, exactly like what you're saying, you can create space, even when you're a therapist, and that's mm-hmm. the really hard part of being a therapist is, you set a time, you open your door, but you can't make people right. show up that have an appointment, right? right? People just sometimes don't come back. And whether they're not ready, they don't want to face the things that we're delving into, it's not the right fit, and that's okay. Um, and it's, it, it's as a therapist, too, and as a mom, it's trusting, how do I give them their space? Right. That they need right now mm-hmm. without pushing, without meddling, without coming in too strong, right? Oh, we feel that all the time. Yeah. We have nineteen over nineteen hundred members in our group now. We talk about all the time that there are so many that post online. Mm-hmm. I need friends. Right. I need to get out. I need I need I need this. I need the support <clears> system. <throat> I want what you guys have. And they think it's some kind of exclusive club that they can't be in. Right. And it's just about taking that first leap, whether it's to a, prof- medic- a, a medical professional or to a group or to anything where there can be, there's more, there's more. It's okay to want more and it's okay to partake in more, um, whether it be mental health or otherwise. But I think it's also okay to show up and then back off. For sure. Right? Yeah. And to be, and have that be okay. Yeah. yeah. Right? It can be overwhelming. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 No. We said to each other, this is really overwhelming, yeah. right? Yeah. So as two therapists, we looked at each other and said, whoa, this is kind of overwhelming. Uh-huh. So was there an instinct in me like, I got to work. I got to get out of here. This is too much. Absolutely. Right? But I used my skills and I grounded and I stayed and that's okay. Um, but not everybody can do that all the time. And so how do we give people permission to show up and then kind of back off mm-hmm. and then come back again and have all of that be in the realm of acceptance? So that's yeah. Thing. I'd like to touch it really quickly and ask you, while, of course, giving space and, and being, that being 100% okay, on the other side of that coin, how do we make it more encouraging and, and what are some first steps that, that someone that's at home listening that might be feeling alone and lost and isolated that's struggling to take that first step maybe they don't know what the first step looks like mm-hmm. how do what's a great way to get started what are some tips to help them this is it you're sharing your stories mm-hmm. right i know i'm mm-hmm. thinking about how you shared your story about going to the mall walk for the first time and mm-hmm. sitting in the parking lot and thinking to yourself i can't go in there these are a bunch of strangers yeah mm-hmm. Every one of us, I know I had that experience, probably had that experience Mm -hmm. at first, walking into something where we don't know how we're going to be perceived, we don't know what it's like, but we did that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what what I love about that is that we've stepped into our power, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And some people step in and step out. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
that's that's it's a personal journey, right? Like I like Alisa was saying, I can step in, I can step out, and some people will step in and stay. Some some people will walk out, but it's their journey. Yeah, of you course. Know? But if we share our stories and we talk about what that was like for us, they might be sitting on the other end of this, going, Yeah, I feel just like that. Or, yeah, I felt like I felt kind of weird the first time I went to the mall walk. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that person talked about how they. They left and then they went back. Mm-hmm. Right. I could do the same thing. Yes. I've, I've often talked to people who talk about their social anxiety, that they have yes. a real, mm-hmm. I mean, like, like Kayla said, this can, it can be a lot, you know, especially when there's 30 of us and 40 of us right. and, and things like that. And I've often said, you know, we, we as, uh, as leaders of the group, we often offer to those people, hey, we'll meet you one-on-one, yeah. just mm-hmm. one of us, not five of Come us. Come early mm-hmm. from the mall. We can have a coffee and talk. Except for that one day I came. somebody um, who's sitting at home and wondering how they get out of where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite a few, like, you're fairly new, Sarah. Like, mm-hmm. what was, like, holding you back from coming out? Or did you come, like, did you come out right after you joined? <coughs> no, it took me, like, two or three months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what, what was holding you back? I was putting all my son's needs before me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. had all these appointments. Mm-hmm. I still have, like, 20 to make. But, <laughs> yeah. like, trying to get all his stuff mm-hmm. set up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I can't do anything for myself until then. Mm-hmm. Now. I finally got myself in to see the doctor for a yep. yearly. Good. Self care. <laughs> but I had to get all that together mm-hmm. first, and once I at least got the main stuff, I was like, "Forget this! I'm miserable. I'm going to be." Yeah. 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 Did anybody else have that experience? Yeah. So I I think it's quite awesome to to now that I finally was able to come out that I have so much in common with, not only that we have kids okay we have all have that in common <laughs> and we're all women whatever but <laughs> yeah, that's we have thing. so much in common with us like mm-hmm. I met a mom who's from Massachusetts I'm from Massachusetts mm-hmm. like it's, it's it's a it's a great way to it's an instant icebreaker that you yeah. don't know that you have until you exactly. start talking to somebody. Like exactly. all you, and I think that's that's one cool thing is that let the kids be the icebreaker for the yeah. first time. Or mm-hmm. if you don't feel comfortable around your kids, let the let let the social setting be the icebreaker. It doesn't mm-hmm. really have to be this like right. like yeah. dating scene that's awkward and tense. Mm-hmm. It can more be this fluid conversation like we're having today where everybody kind of pitches in and mm-hmm. you don't feel so alone anymore. I think right. people get scared because they think like, you know, they see quite a, like five or six of us that hang out and talk mm-hmm. all the time or whatever and think that, oh, they were friends before, they mm-hmm. know each other or whatever. Mm-hmm. We met through yep. this. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, I don't have any family or friends prior to this. Like, this was it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have met all of my friends. Dana came to my house when I went into labor with my son. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have family here. I called her at 2 a.m. and I'm like, uh, my water broke. Can you come wash off? Like, this is it. This is what yep. we've created through this. Right, like, yeah. we didn't know each other beforehand. Come out and talk. Yeah. Like, yeah. And when we've talked I'll about, make you know, make, making it a bigger thing, we kind of had that conversation where 
we were stepping away from the intimate settings that you know the five of us originally knew to something bigger my my only repeating thought was how could we deny be so selfish to deny this to a thousand other women mm-hmm. who have mm-hmm. come and made their own thing that has nothing to do mm-hmm. with me or the people sitting mm-hmm. across this table it has nothing to do with us <laughs> it's about the, we, i will never forget as long as the group exists i will mm-hmm. never forget the moment when i saw these two moms walking together they they walked in they they walked together the whole time they sat together for lunch they mm-hmm. had coffee together they sat through the whole entire three hours we were there two hours we were there she leans over to me and she's like hey didn't I tell everybody to change up who they're walking with? Mm-hmm. Walk with somebody new. I turn over and I was like, no, no, no. They obviously don't them. want to make new friends kind of thing. Like, and not in a judgmental way, but in a, in a, like, I try to encourage everyone to find a new person so that right. new people feel more invited right. uh-huh. um, and more welcome so that if you walk with somebody you already know, it defeats that purpose. Yeah, and right. maybe that one person that's new will feel left out, right? So the most humble pie moment of that day was I went over to them and I was like, so how did you guys meet? Thinking that they're going to tell me that they were like, like elementary friends. friends. <laughs> like, um, oh yeah, we met here last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You would have thought by looking at them that they had been friends their entire lives. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was just something that, that changed my whole perspective mm-hmm. on, on how, the impact of what we were doing and and for the person that's sitting at home wondering if this could ever be them um i'm i'm the number one person that came from a place where i had no friends i had kids i was sitting all by myself i was a very lonely scared mom and i have a room full of friends and i'm here to tell you 100 percent that it could be you I think also, <laughs> I was just gonna say I think you're already witnessing what the answer to that question is. You know, yeah. back to what can we do to make to make people come. Yeah. It's it's attractive to yeah. people, right? Because they come and they see. At least if they come once, they see what what can be. Right. If they join the group, if they start yeah. to participate, like oh, I could have that too. Yeah. There's a follow up though every single time, and I remember that like. Oh, you know, like when I went to the science museum in Fort Lauderdale, I was like, this is fun. You're like, mm-hmm. maybe I could be friends. And then it was immediately followed up before we left. Oh, will we see you in two days, at the, or will we see you tomorrow at the mall? Right. There's right. always that invitation. So yeah, there's lonely parts of moving and being alone in a new mm-hmm. place. There, you're, you're gonna go through it. It's just kind of the fact of life. But when you always see, you see these people, and then you're encouraged to make a new friend every time, and then there's always that next invite. You, you know, right. you quickly can feel like, Oh, this is something I want to. This is a train I want to be on. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, exactly. And, and what Sam and Sam had said to me very early on when she came on that train, you know, we we really try to recognize new faces mm-hmm. that come out. And one thing that Sam mentioned to me, and it wasn't even like a, it was <coughs> intuitive for us. We knew we had this many people coming, so we had to account like kids on a bus for this many people. Mm-hmm. It was just a natural thing to me, you know. And I go over and I, of course, I, I looked at my list and I knew her name and I went to go find her on the train. And very shortly after she came over, you know, this is like, what, when was it? Like three months later, four mm-hmm. months later. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you, 
you came up to me and you knew my name. Mm -hmm. There's the power of knowing mm -hmm. a person's name. As a teacher, I really know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a power of when you go to something, you're not like, I, got, I was on a train going somewhere and I didn't know anybody and I was like, I was looking around waiting to get on the train. I was like, oh, are you going to be my new friend? Are you going <laughs> <laughs> to all my friends. Yeah. And then she just like came walking right up and she goes, oh, you're Samantha Bowden. I was like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> a piece of that identity yeah. piece, right? Mm -hmm. This person yeah. really sees me and Not a number. who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, man, what, a, what an amazing, amazing conversation. Um, like many of the topics that we hit today, but mm -hmm. but this this kind of uh, has a ripple. And, and sure. it, it's it's such a powerful, and the, the job that you guys do that is working in mental health and taking care of us moms. And I think it's so underrated and so, so important. And something that as moms, where we're so busy taking care of our kids, we rarely stop and think about ourselves. And I, I really hope that this conversation uh, is starting to change that. Um, I just so. want to add really fast, because I know a lot of people in this group have little babies, right? But yeah. I now have a three-year-old little girl. Oh my gosh, do they watch everything you do? Yeah. And they mimic mm -hmm. everything yes. you do, right? They, mm -hmm. they, I mean, literally my husband all the time is like, she's a mini, mini. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so as moms, I think particularly as our kids get older and older, boys and girls, it's less about giving them and it's more about modeling for them. Right. Yeah. Right. They're watching everything. Mm -hmm. So if yeah. we're practicing self-care, if we're practicing positive self-talk, if we're practicing... Mm -hmm just taking a breath right? yeah. 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 for ourselves. They're watching that. And I think we don't it goes, have to tell them. And it goes far beyond three years old. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think, uh, you know, at 33, I'm still watching my mom. Sure, so, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, um, so I think that I, I, you know, it's so, so important from day one to day end. It yeah. doesn't matter um, where you are on the path mm -hmm. as, as long as you find somebody to walk it with. Mm -hmm. And you can start now, it's not too late. I think that's sure. part yeah. of the fear too, right? Like, Never well, I can't go out now because it's been so long, right? right? I've been watching this through, but I haven't shown up. And it's, it's and never to too a point, late. It took me four and a half years yeah. before yeah. I took that step out the door. Never four and a half, late. never too yeah. late. And, and to your point, you know, I think that the common misconception is that we all have little kids. Yeah, some of us have little kids, mm -hmm. but I have, one of our moms has a nine-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I've know, got a five-year-old. One five -year -old. of our moms is a 15-year-old. One right. of our, we, we have everybody from all different walks mm -hmm. of, of life and, and families of all shapes and sizes and um, very, uh, yeah. yeah. She's got like a 13, nine, mm -hmm. seven. She's like, how old is everybody's kids? I was like, listen, it doesn't really matter. Like we do things yeah. just for moms. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Just yep. calm out. Like, yeah. Right. And, I, and so that's, it's such, it's an important thing and I think, Hopefully um, some other moms will, will feel that and, and connect with that. Okay, so I just wanted to mention before I leave that if you are looking for a, a specific kind of therapist or you have a specific kind of issue that you're struggling with and you want some guidance that I'm glad to make myself available even if it's not with me, um, but I could be a good starting point for you and kind of guide you in the right direction. So I just wanted to put that out there and um, offer help to anybody in the group and anybody that might need it. Thank you so much Thank everyone you. on the table for sharing your stories, mm -hmm. uh, Alisa and um, Dane. Oh my God, Dane. <laughs> Sorry, my brain is fried. It's been too many hours. Thank you so You're so welcome. much for everything that you guys do and continue yeah. to do. For all of our, for all of you listening at home, we hope that you've enjoyed listening and connect with what we are talking about here, and hope that you can join a future conversation. And we hope that you've enjoyed this Mom's Night in. Woo.